Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. We're here today talking about building and about the importance of that for our life. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1 tells us something I think pretty profound about how to live life well. It says, Wisdom has built her house. In other words, wisdom, a wise person, has got a building mentality. They're not chasing some kind of instant fix for their health or their happiness. In other words, they're not looking for that one person, you know, that one that's going to make all the difference to their life, the one who's going to make their life complete. They're not hoping for the big payoff. You know, that thing that's going to solve all of their financial concerns, the wise person is building their future and they're building their relationships on every day that ends in a Y. Think about that a minute. It's not a dad joke. Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus said, Now I say unto you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon the rock, the rock of the revelation that Peter had, he said, I'm going to build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now God can and does do a lot of instant, but he usually takes a long time preparing for that instant. Jesus did a lot of instant miracles, the turning of the water into wine, the feeding of the 5,000. But you've got to remember that he spent 30 years serving his mum and dad, 30 years of going to church every single week, listening to people who only thought that they knew when the Messiah that was there knew all of it. He spent three and a half years preparing the disciples for the day of Pentecost when something instant happened. Anybody you want to pick out of the Bible, Moses. Moses did a lot of instant, but he was 40 years in obscurity serving his father-in-law, who, by the way, was the priest of Midian. So Moses really got a, a 40 years of spiritual formation that he received in Egypt. He got a spiritual reformation, reformation, sitting under his father-in-law's ministry, the priest of Midian in that time. And so here's the deal. If you are in the preparation stage for your instant, you are in good company. If you're in the preparation stage, and I think that's a lot of us here in this place, you know, no matter how old you are, because I keep on feeling like my best days are still the ones in front of me. And so I apply that to my life and I go, maybe all these years have been preparation for an instant that's coming up ahead for my life. And I want you to understand because sometimes when we're in the prep stage, we want to bail out quick because something instant pops up and we think that could be the way out or that could be my answer. And we feel tempted to jump out of God's preparation in order to go with that instant look. Here's a couple of things about building. Wherever there's a building, there's a plan. You cannot build a house in this country unless you lodge a plan with the local council. You can't add anything in like that unless you lodge a plan. And Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, lots of you will know this one, but listen to it again. God says, I want you to watch this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He doesn't say, you know, and He doesn't even say, I'll tell you. He says, I know, I know the plans. I'm glad He knows the plans because I don't know about the rest of you here, but I have been to building sites in my life. 
architects in the church here and I've been to building sites and the rack of plans that are there and I marvel that anybody can make sense of any of it. I look at it and it's just lines on paper. I can't see what those plans represent. So when God says, I know the plans that I have for you, understand the importance of that. He knows them whether you do or you don't. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And a wise person is following his plan, as you've just seen in that video. How typical of, I won't say all men, but let's just say it's most men. They start right into it and then halfway through start looking at the plans. Isn't that the way we do life? We charge ahead going, you know what, I think I know best. And then halfway through we go, hold a second here, maybe I don't know best. And we have to go back to the plans and go back to the the blueprint and start saying, maybe I'd better start again. I marvel at a world that continues to grow in education and I'm all for every kind of education you can get. But I marvel how quickly we run away from the things of truth and we start going after the things of opinion or the things of trends or fashion or what everybody else is thinking and begin to wonder why life doesn't work out right. Come on. Wherever there's a building, there's a plan. And just because you don't know it doesn't mean there isn't one. The best thing you can ever do is say, God, I'll follow your plan. Here's the second thing is wherever there's a building, there's a price. It costs money to build a house, costs money to build a shed, costs money to build a pergola, costs money to build just anything really. Luke 14 verse 28, Jesus tells the people around about Him, He says, now listen, don't even start until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first counting the cost to see if there's enough money to be able to finish it? The truth is, listen, you mightn't hear this very often because we are the masters in the 21st century of the shortcut. We've got quick things for everything. Instant diets, there's a new one every single week, some shortcut to this, some shortcut to wealth. And Jesus says, actually, if you're going to build, you've got to be prepared to pay the price. And there is a price to build a great life and a great family or a great ministry. Hear it. You are not going to build a great life without paying a price. Now, I know everyone will tell you or someone will tell you, no, you can get there easy. You can get there quick. You can just kind of cruise along, but it won't work. It's going to cost you if you want to build a great life. It's going to cost you if you want to build a great family. But let me also say to you, there is a great price to pay to not do those things. Many people don't pay the price but they'll end up paying a price anyway that oftentimes is greater than the price they would have had to pay up front. There's a price to pay for change, but it's not as great a price as you'll pay for not changing. There's a price to grow, but it's definitely not as great a price as the price you'll pay for not growing in your life, for staying the same, for taking the easy way out, for settling for comfort. I'm always amazed that Christians that go, well, Lord, why don't you take away temptation rather than saying, God, let me conquer the temptation. It's quiet here today now. Think about it a second. Come on, there's a price to pay. 
And you're either going to pay it at the beginning or else you'll pay a bigger one at the end. Here's the third thing. Wherever there's a building, there's partnership. No one ever builds a building on their own. I've met a lot of owner builders in my life, but they never built the whole lot. They never went out and chopped down the tree and sawed down the timber. They never went out and created the copper wire or whatever kind of wire people use for stuff. They never did all that. There's obviously got to be partnership when it comes to building anything. The truth is that he or she that grows alone grows weird. You really do. Trust me. Listen, if, if you're isolating yourself, keeping people at arm's length so you don't get hurt, so you don't get sucked in again, so you don't uh, allow yourself to become vulnerable. If you grow like that, you will grow weird. I'll never forget hearing the, uh, the, the life story of a man who lived as a hermit in the forest of New South Wales. Northern New South Wales, he, he had been put in an orphanage as a child. And at one stage they sent him to, to juvenile prison because he burned down the orphanage. So in burning down the orphanage his whole life, he figured the only way to get anywhere in life was that he cut himself off from all people. He literally went and lived a hermit's existence in the forest. One day when he came back into town to get supplies, he saw a sign offering education to a boy who never finished primary school. Offering education and saying that help. And he said, I don't even know why I did it, but I went in there and I found out the information and he signed up for it. A boy with, had not finished primary school. And so I went in there and I signed up for that. But you know, his biggest hurdle was in his brain because he had a good one. His biggest hurdle was that having spent so long not trusting anyone, he now had to come into an environment where he had to listen to somebody else. He had to receive correction and input and advice. Somebody had to tell him about how to study and a whole lot of stuff. That man today is a professor in the University of New South Wales. But you see, whoever grows alone grows weird. And whoever grows alone doesn't grow much at all. You just stay the way you are. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 22 says that we are being built, watch this, in whom you also are being built together. God isn't, listen to me, God's not going to build you just on your own. Just me and Jesus. Got a good thing going, just me and Jesus. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find the hardest people to deal with are not God, it's other Christians. I saw a sign, truly, I saw a sign in a, in a kitchen of a church once that said, when God told me I'd work with difficult people, I never realised there'd be this many. Now, Metro Church is different. Because everybody here is beautiful. Everybody here is together. Everybody here is loving. Everybody here is whole. Everybody here, literally, we don't, we never wear out our shoes because we walk above the ground. Well, maybe you are like that, but this brother isn't. And the reality is, I'm sure if you start serving here, you're going to find someone, in, I'm just about guarantee you'll find someone in your team that you don't like. Rubs you, well, don't say it too quick. <laughs> and, and please don't point at them. Yeah, it's you. The reality is, 
that God says, put the Scripture up again. It says, in whom you also are being built together. Can I say to you, God is not going to build you apart. God is not into building granny flats out the back. You know, where you get to park, you know, dear old mum, and leave her out there to our own devices and check in on her occasionally. God's not into that. God's into building us together because His aim is not just that we sing Kumbaya and hold hands and love each other. Uh, His idea is He's creating something that the Holy Spirit can indwell. He's creating something that's a manifestation of His presence on earth called the church. Huh. And the only way you can build that is if we all get together and rub each other the wrong way and get a few of the bumps off. Amen? Get a few of the bumps off. Just turn to your neighbour right now and say, you got a few bumps, you know. Don't point out what they are, just let them know. Some of you are taking too much joy in that, just hold on. Wherever there's a building, there's always a plan. Wherever there's a building, there's always a price. And wherever there's a building, there's always partnership. Now, let me talk to you for a minute about building. I want to show you a video. This was only taken about a month ago. A friend of mine is building a house. Not far from where I live. Pretty big house. He was pretty overjoyed because the slab was down. The site works had all been done. And the bricks had finally arrived. And even in this climate, they got the tradies and the bricks started going up. And they were just about to begin work on the roof. So have a look at the video and then we'll show you the photo after it. Here it goes. Nice big house. Window frames all in. Door frames up. Look at the lovely sky. Sunny day. That was the before. But unfortunately... Just after that video was taken, a mini tornado, believe it or not, landed on his property. Let's have a look. Now, the video guy said to me just before the service, we've got these in the wrong order because that's the before. I said, actually, no, it's not. That's the after. He told me that they had to bring in trucks and all these kind of uh, bobcats and whatever and they had to dump all those bricks. Apparently, they couldn't clean them and use them again. So he's back now to square one rebuilding because his, listen, his building never had structure. Because they tell me that it's vulnerable until the roof structure goes on because the roof structure is what holds the whole thing together. And because there was no structure, what was built when a storm came Completely collapsed. So let me finish this morning by giving you four things that will stabilise what God is building in your life. Number one, the first thing that will stabilise your life, this is so exciting. Everyone here is just going to go, this is amazing. And I'm so excited about that. I feel the anointing. Now probably you're going to go like, oh, really? Here's the first thing. It's good habits. Good habits. Huh? Do you know that your future is a product of the good habits that are in your life today? That's a fact. I think about this a bit because 11 years ago, I bought a, a visiting speaker, a friend of mine, Mark Edwards here. He'd written a book called Everyday Coffee with Jesus or something about journaling. And I remember standing up and saying to the church, I, I don't do this. 
but I'm bringing him for you in case it helps you. But because I'm the pastor, I thought, well, I better go to the session. It was on the Saturday, so I turned up for it. And it sounded so amazing, I thought, I'm going to give that a try. Do you know, 11 years later, the first thing I do every day, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, the first thing I do every day before I do anything else is I get up and I go and I do exactly what he taught on that day. And I read the Bible. I'm on a plan that reads it through every, uh, you know, you read the entire Bible through in a year. It doesn't take long. And I read that and I write down what the scripture is that speaks to me. And then I write down, you know, what I think about it, what I feel about it. This morning it was Ezekiel 22 to 24 and Revelation 9. And trust me, if you want to have an interesting read, try reading Ezekiel 22 to 24 and Revelation 9. It's full of woe and woe and more woe. But you know, at the end of, uh, of, verse, of chapter 22, it says, I looked for someone to stand in the gap. I looked for someone who'd promote righteousness. And so I wrote down there today thinking about it's righteousness that protects a nation. It's righteousness that protects our society. If we live right, God says, I'll look after you. Well, there's good habits. We're told in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus' first ever sermon. And listen to how it starts. It says, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, as his habit was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. You know, we are in a world right now where people go, I don't need church. I've heard it from people. I don't really need church. I can worship God at the beach. I go, you can worship God in the shower. I don't care. But however, there's something about our gathering together that Jesus valued. Jesus never said, after all, I am God. I'll go and worship myself at the beach. He never did that. There was a habit that he built in his life. Isn't that right? External habits are the structure for your inner life. So I would encourage you to intentionalize habits like the Word of God, like prayer, like church community. Don't be a recreational user of the things of God. Don't be a weekend jogger spiritually. Well, it's a fine day. I'm going to get all my athletic gear and I'm going to go jogging out there. Because it's a fine day. My advice is build the kind of great habits for every day. And then when the special days turn up, you'll have it all nailed. All right. Here's the second thing, because that one's so excited everybody I could tell. Everyone's going, yes, Jeff, thank you for that. I'm going to do that. Amen. Here's the second thing that stabilises your life is vision. Vision will stabilise your life. I've got on my phone a photo of my children and my grandchildren. It's got to be updated now, but... I've got a photo of there. Uh, you know, I don't live my life because of my job and I don't live my life the way I live it because of my title. I tell you, I live my life because I've got a vision of my family. Amen. And, and church members may come and they may go, but my family's my family and I've got a vision of the way I want my life to lead. And it's not about how big the church is. It's not about how much the tithes are. It's about the people that God has put into my life. Vision stabilises your life. The truth is we live up to a vision, not down to a circumstance or a feeling. Amen. Here's the third thing that stabilises your life. is healthy relationships. I'm not talking about any relationship. I'm talking about the healthy ones. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, two are better than one because they've got a good reward for their labour. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him or her who is alone when they fall because they've got no one to help them up. The truth is that someone, there is a someone who is relying on your example to become their legacy. Amen. I thank God for all the people that have lived well before me. Not one of them lived perfect. My father wasn't a perfect man. I loved him and I admire so much about him. My spiritual uh, fathers weren't perfect in any way, shape, or form. Some of them failed terribly. But you know, I take the good part out of that and I take the things that they did right and so much of that that's built my life. And I just want to make sure I live my life so that the good bits of me get passed on. I want to make sure that the things I've done well, and maybe I haven't done them all well. I'm putting my hand up. I, I am not a perfect father. I wish I had been. But there were moments where I've had to go to every one of my children at some point or other and say, please forgive me, I was wrong. I apologise. And I don't think that's weakness. I think you just want your kids to understand dad doesn't always get it right, but dad will always do what he can to make it right. Amen. Someone's relying on your example. Someone's relying on your example to become their legacy. Here's the fourth thing that stabilizes us. Remember the building blew over in a mini tornado. All the other houses stayed right where they were. Here's the fourth thing that stabilizes us is your faith. I love the songs we sing here. I really do. Uh, you know, we don't collaborate on all this. Like we don't get together and go, I'm going to preach on this. So can you pick songs? I am amazed every week, all those songs we sing about building. And I go, I never picked them. I don't go and say, can you sing this? This is what I'm going to preach on. And I'm amazed how God continues to bring us together. You know, I love the fact that my faith is not just mine, but it's a shared faith. I was out with some people this week and this one man that was there was sharing his testimony about what God had done in his life. He said, I'm like Joseph. I've gone from a pit to a palace. I can't tell you how inspiring that is when I hear that kind of story. It's not my story, but in a one sense it is because, see, we're being built together. So when I hear that, it lifts me. You know, faith, listen, faith is never as strong as just what you've got. It's as strong as the company of the people that you're keeping. Isn't that right? That's what Ecclesiastes chapter 4 says. One falls, another lifts them up. But woe unto them that are alone when they fall. Woe unto the person whose entire spiritual experience is just about me and Jesus. Because when they fall, when they fall, not if, when they fall, they're all alone. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. I've thought so much about this over the last year or so. You know, in the midst of all the uncertainty and all the stuff that's happened, and we've sang about that today. 1 Peter 4 verse 5 says, We have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive the salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. I think about the fact that Jesus is not just someone I'm holding on to, but Jesus is holding on to me. 
through your faith, God is protecting you. And maybe you're not always aware of it. Maybe right now, some of you, you've had the loss of a loved one or a business reversal or things are just tough or maybe your brain has just gone to, you know, scrambled eggs and just not functioning like it ought to. And yet God's keeping power is there for your life. God is protecting you by His power until, until you get to the other side of this. The truth is that there are storms bigger than me and there are enemies stronger and smarter than me. And there are obstacles greater than me. But you know what? There is no storm, no enemy or no obstacle that's greater than my Saviour. Amen. I just thank God. Oh, listen, you know, we live in a pretty self-sufficient kind of world. We're all talking about how we did this and we did that. I just want to say I'm grateful for the Saviour. Amen. Because I know what it's like to be helpless or to feel that way. I know what it's like for things to look hopeless and to understand that there was somebody bigger than me holding on to me in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Can you give the Saviour just a big hand, a big round of applause and a big gratitude. Say, Lord, we're grateful. We're grateful today, Holy Spirit. We're grateful. Lord, I pray for people that are here. Maybe, Lord, right now in this space and time, they don't feel that. Maybe they, maybe they feel the opposite. Maybe they feel like you have lost their name and address. But God, you said this. You said, I have engraved your walls on my hand. Your walls are ever in front of me. You said that you're looking after us and you've got good plans for us. And we thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to keep us. Lord, that we're not just going to be building something that gets blown over by the first gust of wind. But we're going to be building something, God, that lasts. Like that song said, you'll be faithful right through to the end. We'll be there. It'll be okay. We'll get there. I thank you, Lord, for every man and every woman and every person that's a part of this service online or in the building. I pray, God, that today every single one of them will know you're keeping them. You're watching over them in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed, some of you here have never begun a walk with the Saviour. Maybe you never ever thought you needed saving. You might have thought, I'm doing okay. Or maybe you thought, I'm doing so bad, He wouldn't want to know me. Neither of those are true. doesn't matter. Jesus had people that were rulers come to Him. They were in charge. Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. Nicodemus, a ruler, came by night said, I've kept all the law. What have I got to do? Jesus said, you've got to be born again. But there were people that were prostitutes and there were people that were criminals and there were people that were from the lowest of the low. One of his chief criticisms that Jesus got was you keep hanging out with the wrong crowd. You ought to be hanging around, around with, the, with the people that are you know, up on the social scale. And the reality is that Jesus said this. He said, I come to seek and to save those that are lost. So if you're lost today, you're included whether you're at the top or the bottom, doesn't matter. I'd love to pray with you if you want to begin to put your hand into the hand of the Saviour. If you want to do like they do when you're out in the ocean and you get caught in a rip and you need to be saved, you raise your hand and they see it and they send a life saver to come and save you. Could we just have every head bowed, every eye closed right across the building online? 
I'll tell you how you can join with us in a moment as well. But if that's you today and you say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. I want to lift my hand today and say, Jesus, will you save me? Would you just do that right now so I can see it? Put it up wherever you are. Wave it around till I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Whoever else there is, just wherever you are right now, up in the balcony, I'm looking for you up there as well. Thank you there. God bless you. Yep. Anybody else, just wherever you are. I'm not going to rush this. I'm not going to prolong it in that sense either. We just want to give you a good opportunity to be able to say, Jesus, I'm saying yes. Is there anybody else who wants to join these people who say, I'm raising my hand to say, Jesus, will you save me? Then if you raised your hand right where you sit, would you pray this prayer with me? Online, maybe you're home alone, maybe you're at your workplace. Find some way to join with us for a minute and just make this prayer yours. Say this to Him, Lord Jesus, I know I need You. I'm lost and I want to be found. I want to be saved. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Change me. Lead me. Thank You, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, what we pray, all of us pray, Lord, for those people. We thank You for every single one of them, Lord, and for this moment for them, this special moment where they're opening their heart to Jesus and saying, Lord, I don't even know what it looks like, but I'm willing to say I'll follow You. Thank You for them. Thank You they're born again of the Holy Spirit. You do, Lord, what only You can do. We thank You for that, Lord. Amen. Amen. There's a couple of ways if you're in the building and you'd like some literature, we'll give you a free Bible, we'll give you some help. Go and see them at the Connect Hub or you can go to the prayer space back there. Uh, Solomon and Rosin will be out there in a minute. You can go there or to the Connect Hub and just say, all you got to do is say this, I, I raised my hand or I prayed the prayer. They'll know what to do and they'll help you. Lots of you though, matter of fact, I would encourage every one of you. We offer help online that comes to you every single day. If you've got a smartphone or email, uh, you can text YES, Y-E-S to 488 or you can go to yes.metrochurch.org.au and we'll send that to you every day. Send your Bible verse, we'll send you a prayer. We never write and ask people for money. We don't try and recruit you into anything. It's just us wanting to encourage and help you as you start following Jesus. You can get the same stuff though Go to the Connect Hub. If you don't have that uh, facility, go to the Connect Hub and they'll hook you up with that stuff there and help you in that. Can we give all those people just a great big hand? Just say, well done. Now, I know you're all just kind of hanging out to go out there and fellowship with one another. You don't even care about the food. But let me just remind you in case you do. Cold drinks, sliders, two kinds, but I don't know why they are. Party pies. Save one for me, would you? I really like party pies. Sausage rolls, sushi, cupcakes, and, and all kinds of sweet slices. It's all free. So go and enjoy that. Don't forget our prayer team, Pastor Bruce online, and then Solomon and Ros in the press space on the lower level of the auditorium here on the right-hand side as you leave. You can't miss it. Go there. And if you need to wait, that's okay. They want to make sure they spend good time with everyone that needs prayer. But well, we're going to sing together again this magnificent song. Thank you, Amanda.
uh, firm foundations. Let's stand and sing before we go today. Happy Father's Green Day. Happy Honor Day, everyone. Story yeah. that one. See you somewhere.